have a question from a physical retreatant, uh, Boon from Malaysia. So, dear Longpo Anan, after a meditator has attained a state of calm for an hour or more during the Anapanasati meditation, what should he or she do next in the meditation? In the practice of Anapanasati, if you're able to meditate and practice with it for an half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour or more, then that is good. You know, the thoughts should reduce and the peace in the mind should grow. There's feelings or states of uh, rapture and bliss arising. And so then you should uh, keep doing it so that you're more skilled and more proficient at it uh, and being able to, to uh, have that state uh, for a longer period of time and you keep practicing it often. Uh, and then when you're able to gain a level of peace, uh, it's natural that then the peace will uh, decline uh, and then that's when the mind, or you should train the mind to develop wisdom. So you have that uh, peace or that samadhi, or it is a peace in samadhi uh, or concentration. And that is the type that uh, pushes down the mental defilements uh, in the same way that a, a rock will uh, push down the grass uh, that it's lying on uh, and so then you can develop wisdom through contemplation and whether you watch the feelings or the the thoughts that arise and being able to see it as uh, conventions or in conventional reality uh, and being not self uh, or you can contemplate into the body uh, the breath uh, seeing it just arise, stay for a little while and then leave uh, or contemplating the body so that there's knowing and wisdom arising, uh, seeing that uh, the body is impermanent and not a self. So the next question is from an anonymous physical retreatant. Dear Arjan, on the 30th on Monday, one of the questions was about difficulty in meditating when one is sick. Can you guide us through how we can meditate and contemplate when we are in a lot of pain? For example, a headache. Do we keep saying the mantra Bhutto and ignore the pain? Or do we focus on the pain? Thank you. And so this is about Vaitana or uh, feelings or specifically painful feelings or, or aches and pains and so the first way is that if you're skilled in meditating with the breath and or the word puto uh, then you're able to make the mind peaceful to a certain level uh, then you can uh, know the pain that has arisen uh, it won't be to the point that the pain disappears uh, because the mind isn't yet to that state of peace. Uh, it can't go beyond that, but you can still feel the weight and other feelings there still. But with 
or from that piece uh, that you've developed, you can then watch the pain and you may then ask yourself, what is Vaitana? What is it, the feeling or feeling tone? Uh, what? How does it arise, this Vedana? How does it cease, this Vedana? Uh, and so at some times, then you're able to then contemplate into it. Uh, that's when, uh, and if the mind has strength, then you're able to separate out the mind from that Vedana, from the feelings. And it can be sometimes to the point where the the way to know will disappear altogether. Um, and uh, one may just know that way to know is, isn't self. It's not really me or mine. Uh, and that's when the mind has that knowing into way to know. Um, and so that's when the mind can separate out the, the mind, the citta from the Vedana. Um, and that's the, the first way. The second way is that one uses wisdom, uh, the quality of wisdom first. So using, uh, even though you may have just a little bit of samadhi or concentration, uh, you just use the mind to contemplate into the Vedana uh, and you just focus on that waitana um, contemplate it that oh before this waitana arose it wasn't there and but now it is here and so that shows that it's not um, lasting or permanent um, and by contemplating in the right way one may have a samadhi concentration arise and then be able to understand into waitana and separate it out from the mind um, and so this is if one is skilled in this contemplation or investigation, uh, then you should do that way. Um, but if one is skilled more at making the mind peaceful first and then contemplating after, then then you can do that way. So both ways are okay. So the next question is from an anonymous physical retreatant. Dear Ajahn, thank you for taking the time to share the Dhamma. I would like to know what is the meaning of our dreams? Often, I have bad dreams about unwholesome activities despite holding five precepts in my daily life. Do we also have bad karma from the things we do in our dreams? Does knowing and unpacking our dreams help in our practice? Thank you, Arjan. So the important part of the question is that is through the dream or a bad dream, is it breaking sila or, or not breaking your precepts uh, so the sila is in the the actions and and speech and it's in specifically in the intentions uh, or jetana and so in the dream one is unable to control that and so there isn't that uh, jetana or intention there and so the dream or bad dream may arise through many different causes um, and so what happens in that dream isn't uh, karma and one can try to instead uh, look for why or what is the reason these, these this is coming up is it because uh, one lacks metta loving kindness uh, for example maybe in one's daily life one has a tendency maybe to have ill will to others or maybe some harmful thoughts. Uh, it, does that arise often? Uh, is there a lack of metta in the mind? 
Uh, and so these types of feelings uh, can uh, affect one's, one's dreams or, or have bad dreams over that. And so one of the resulting uh, good, uh, virtues of having metta is that one sleeps uh, at ease or, or happily. Um, and so one can try then to develop metta more um, and try not to have uh, stress and anxiety so much uh, when one sleeps or before when one sleeps. Um, otherwise, one may have also not just dreams, but maybe just awaken suddenly, um, things like that. And so one should try to develop more metta and compassion. Or one can also do the chant to spread uh, metta. Um, and whether one has good dreams or, or bad dreams, one can do the chant specifically uh, for um, uh, maybe uh, making the determination that by the power of the Buddha, Dhamma Sangha, may all these dreams or all bad things uh, disappear. Um, and so one can also contemplate into the, the thing in the dream as well, but doing so in the way that it brings up wisdom, it doesn't put one's mind down to a lower state. And so one should have develop more mindfulness with it and have more metta, and then the dreams will uh, gradually get better and better. So the next question is from a physical retreatant, uh, Wei Wen. Dear Longpo, thank you for your compassion to teach. Please, could you explain the difference between one who is established on the Sotapanna path versus one who hopes to be a Sotapanna but is not yet on the path? Thank you. We first understand that Maga is sila, samadhi, and panya, virtue, morality, concentration, and wisdom. And so the individual who aspires to attain to sotapanna, then they put in effort, they're determined to practice the dhamma, they practice dana, sila, bhavana, and they develop themselves and contemplate into anicca, dukkha, anatta, um, and see it more and more. And in the beginning, they have some samadhi, maybe just a little bit, and some wisdom sometimes. Uh, and that is what uh, we call walking on the path of uh, sotapan or sota patimaga. And so it may be just uh, the beginning stages of that. Um, maybe there's still very little samadhi, very little wisdom, but it is one who's traveling, walking on that path to Nibbana bit by bit. And so they have begun that journey or the path uh, already, and they keep doing it, keep putting in their efforts and keep building their parameters, their spiritual uh, qualities. Um, and then the uh, sila, the samadhi, the panya gets more uh, energy, more momentum, uh, more grows more firm. Uh, this is when the maga, the path is starting to to begin or to grow. And so there is that uh, firmness or, or more uh, firmness of that of that path. And so the what 
begun as just a very small amount of samadhi, it grows and increases. And then later, the samadhi may be able to get to the point where uh, it can be still, completely still or peaceful or calm to that level. Uh, one's qualities are growing firmer and, and to another higher level. And one's contemplation, the, the wisdom coming from that one is beginning to understand more clearly um, what one can contemplate into the body and see it as being not beautiful, unattractive. And from that contemplation of that body, then one gains uh, rapture, feelings of great fullness in the heart. Uh, one can contemplate the body in terms of the four great elements and there's understanding that's arising and there's also happiness that arises with that understanding. Uh, one can see those four elements and break that down, uh, break it apart until it uh, becomes empty. Uh, and so this is an example of uh, the contemplation and the uh, insight and happiness that arises from that. And this is called walking the path of sila, samadhi and panya or walking the path of uh, Sota Patimaga. Uh, and so one keeps practicing then in this way until one becomes skilled and proficient in it. So in the space of one day, one may contemplate in this way, like uh, maybe for some, uh, they can do it many times a day, or for others, maybe just once a day, um, but they're able to get their contemplation and contemplate until they can, uh, it, it's empty. It, its emptiness um, and this understanding is uh, the path to see the dhamma and so one's walking this path until uh, the maga the the path is getting more firm more consolidated and it's becoming closer and closer to gathering together or the qualities gathering together uh, until there arises a point where there's uh, knowing arises uh, true knowing or clear knowing and that is what we call seeing the dhamma and then this is when the sota patimaga changes into being sota patipala which is the the fruit of sotapanna and so that arose from uh, the path of uh, walking that path of sotapanna uh, bit by bit from the beginning and so it differs in in this way so we have a question from a physical retreatant, Cheryl. Dear Long Po, are there karma for thoughts or only speech and actions? So the karma uh, is made by way of mind, by way of speech and actions. And so the mind sends the signal to the brain and that is then uh, comes as, as thoughts, um, whether good or bad. And there is uh, sending from the brain to one's speech and actions. And so that is uh, the thoughts, good or bad, are also uh, kamma, uh, made sorry, by way of mind. Uh, and one has to then be careful of this type of kamma coming from thoughts. And so if uh, bad thoughts arise, then one tries to uh, let that go. Uh, if they haven't arisen, one tries not to let it arise. If there are good thoughts arising, then one can practice following it. And one tries to maintain those good thoughts uh, or the, the mind states of wholesomeness in the mind. Uh, and so one practices developing meditation, 
developing one's mindfulness. And this is so that one can uh, keep the mind or look over the mind and keep it in a state of uh, a wholesome, skillful object. Uh, and so one develops and practices dana, uh, sila, one develops and practices merit um, until one's able to increase the level of the mind uh, and make it more and more pure, more and more purified. And then so one should develop mindfulness and wisdom uh, in order to look over the mind a lot.